It's time now for Empowered Family Talk with Francita Hallris. Do you want to empower families and young people in your community? Then take the time to make a tax-deductible contribution to the Coach Tate Fund. The Coach Tate Foundation is dedicated to helping young people and their families in learning and passing on the kinds of life skills that we all need to succeed. All too often, we hear about kids and their families having encountered life's difficulties that could have been easily avoided by knowing better decision-making skills. From anger management to money management to something as simple as learning to manage how we spend our time or how we use our job skills. Make a donation to the Coach Tate Fund. It'll help kids who need help and their families too. Make your contribution to the Coach Tate Fund. Get details at www.coachtatefoundation.com. And oh, by the way, thank you. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Good morning. It's family time. And welcome back, listeners. Listeners, our new leadership learning series entitled A Life in Transition on our pathway forward. And today's focus, listeners, is, quote, the healthy transition. And our submittal today is is tendered and written by author Stephen J. Cole on a healthy life transition. And it reads as such. In his book, Crisis, the last years of the Carter presidency, cited in Newsweek 10482, Hamilton Jordan, who was President Carter's chief of staff, tells about the jarring transition from being at the center of historic world events one day and being out of office the next day. This is the day before Carter left office. He and his team were working feverishly to free the American hostages in Iran. The next day, President Carter and his staff flew to Plains, Georgia, as Ronald Reagan began the next presidency listens. It was a raining in Plains as President Carter and Jordan got off the helicopter. After President Carter announced the breaking news that the hostages had been freed, the crowd cheered and a country music band burst into song but it was over in a moment. President Carter and his men adjourned to a barn behind the peanut warehouse where the staff had assembled a woodworking shop for the president. Jordan was struck with how strange it was that the man who the day before had been orchestrating the rescue of American hostages and leading our great nation was now pouring over drills, saws, and screwdrivers in an old barn in rural Georgia. Jordan decided to stay that night with his mother in Albany, Georgia, about 40 miles away. 
but he hadn't made arrangements to get there, listeners. He had been years since he had to think about such matters as the former chief of staff to the President of the United States. Soaking wet, carrying his briefcase and a suitcase, he wandered around for about an hour trying to find someone who could give him a ride home. Finally, he went to the payphone at Billy Carter's old service station and tried to call a taxi, but they were all busy taking VIPs to the airport listeners. He finally found a Georgia State patrolman he knew who agreed to drive him to his mother's house. He wrote this, listeners, quote, It's really over. I thought as I loaded my luggage into his trunk, climbed into his front seat, and headed home, unquote. Listeners, transitions aren't easy. The bigger the transition, the more difficult it is. Going from being the chief of staff for the president of the United States of America to being an unemployed man from a small town in Georgia must have been traumatic, listeners. You may wonder, quote, does the Bible have anything to guide us through a healthy transition? Unquote. I believe, listeners, that Moses handing his leadership baton to Joshua provides some wisdom for us. Deuteronomy 31 verses 1 through 13, listeners, teaches us just that. For a healthy transition, God's people need to trust him in the battle and follow new godly leaders who keep his word central. Listeners, these are almost the final recorded words of this great man of God, and thus we should weigh them carefully. And we're going to give you four principles that we should weigh in on from this great man of God named Moses. Number one, listeners, let's notate. For a healthy transition in life, trusting God and his presence, not in human leaders who will pass off the scene. Moses spoke to all Israel, Deuteronomy 31, 2 through 3. Quote, I am a hundred and twenty years old today. I am no longer able to come and go. And the Lord has said to me, quote, you shall not cross this Jordan, unquote. It is the Lord your God who will cross ahead of you. He will destroy these nations before you and you shall dispossess them. Joshua is the one who will cross ahead of you, just as the Lord has spoken, unquote. Now, listeners, Moses' life was marked by three very different 40-year periods. For his first 40 years, listeners, Moses lived in Pharaoh's palace, as the adopted son of Pharaoh's daughter. He would have enjoyed all the comforts of life with servants waiting to do his every wish. Acts 7 verse 22 states this, listeners, quote, Moses was educated in all the learnings of the Egyptians, and he was a man of power 
in words and deeds, unquote. But listeners, but then Moses killed the Egyptian taskmaster who was beating an Israelite man. He had to flee to the remote desert area of Midian where he married a shepherd's daughter and tended his father-in-law's sheep for the next 40 years, listeners. Then God met him at the burning bush and called him to return to Egypt to deliver the Israelites from bondage. Now, listeners, that began the final 40 years of Moses' life leading these mostly stiff-necked people through the wilderness to the edge of the promised land. But because he did not treat God as holy when he disobediently struck the rock, God told Moses that he could not lead the people into the land of Canaan. Listeners, as Moses realizes that his time on earth is short, he reminds Israel of the crucial fact that the Lord is with them and will go with them as they face the people of Canaan, whom they must dispossess of the land. Now listen, let's note here how he repeats this essential truth to drive it home in verse 3. Quote, it is the Lord your God who will cross ahead of you, unquote. Verse 6, quote, the Lord your God is the one who goes with you, unquote. Verse 8, quote, the Lord is the one who goes ahead of you, unquote. And in verse 23, the Lord says to Joshua, quote, I will be with you, unquote. Then after Moses' death, the Lord says to Joshua in Joshua 1 verse 5, quote, just as I have been with Moses, Joshua, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you, unquote. And he repeats it again, listeners, in Joshua 1 verse 9, quote, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go, unquote. Now, listeners, this emphasis on God's presence with his people takes us back to Exodus 33, where after the incident with the golden calf, the Lord told Moses that he would send his angel with Israel, but he himself would not go up with them or he would destroy them because of their stiff necks, listeners. But Moses prayed, in effect, quote, Lord, if you don't go with us, we aren't going anywhere. It would be better to die in the wilderness with you, Lord, than to go into the promised land without you, unquote. Now, listeners, the Lord relentingly and promised in Exodus 33, 14, my presence shall go with you and I will give you rest, unquote. 
In the New Testament, Jesus' final words to his disciples before he ascended into heaven were this, Matthew 28, 20, quote, And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age, unquote. Writing to a surfing church, the author of Hebrews 13.5 cites Deuteronomy 31.6 listens and it says this, quote, make sure that your character is free from the love of money, being content with what you have. For he himself has said, quote, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you, unquote. Amen. Thank you for listening to Empower Family with Francina Horace. With your donations, we are able to bring you God's Word. You can go to www.coachtafoundation.com and press donate. That's www.coachtafoundation.com. Don't forget that God is always in your corner. Now, welcome back, listeners. Now, let's notate further from our reading. Number one. It is vital at all times, but especially in a time of change, listeners, to know that God is present with you. He is the one great unchanging constant in life. Don't do anything, listeners, that would put a distance between you and God. After David had sinned with Bathsheba in Psalms 51, verse 11, he pleads this, listeners, quote, Do not cast me away from your presence, Lord, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me, unquote. Also, listeners, Moses repeats the theme of God's faithfulness to his promises. He had promised the land of Canaan to Abraham and his descendants, Read Deuteronomy 31, verse 7. Now, listeners, now Moses reminds them of this in Deuteronomy 31, 6. Quote, he will not fail you or forsake you. He repeats it again, listeners, in verse 8. He will not fail you or forsake you. At the end of Joshua's life, echoing Moses' words here, listeners, he reminded Israel. In Joshua 23, 14, quote, Now behold, today I am going the way of all the earth, and you know in all your hearts and in all your souls that not one word of all the good words which the Lord your God spoke concerning you has failed. All of his words have been fulfilled for you. Not one of them has failed, unquote. So listeners, as a people facing a time of transition, God's word to us is trusting him and his faithfulness, not in any human leader, since leaders will pass off the scene. And don't do anything that would rob you of knowing God's presence. In your own life. It is vital listeners. That the Lord goes with us. Through a time of change. Amen. Let's notate number two. For a healthy transition. Listeners. 
realize that there will be battles to fight. But with God's strength, we can overcome. And verse 3, Moses reminds the people of what they knew very well, that there were frightening enemies that they would have to conquer to take the promised land. Moses reminds the people, listeners, of what they knew very well, that there were frightening enemies that they would have to conquer to take the promised land. But he assures them of this, listeners, quote, it is the Lord your God who will cross ahead of you. He will destroy these nations before you, unquote. Now, listeners, the Christian life is often depicted as a fight. We're called to put on the full armor of God so that we may be able to stand firm in the battle against the unseen forces of darkness. Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 18. Listeners, Paul exhorted Timothy in 1 Timothy 6, 12, quote, fight the good fight of faith, unquote. Our enemies, listeners, are the world, the flesh, and the devil. Our enemies, listeners, are the world, the flesh, and the devil. Listeners, at the end of Paul's life, when he could have listed all the people he had led to Christ and all the churches that he had planted, instead, he told Timothy, in 2 Timothy verse uh, 4 and 7, quote, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith, unquote. Jude 3, listeners, appeals to us to, quote, contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all handed down to the saints, unquote. And listeners, Stephen Cole writes, he said, I thought that most of the battles I would face would come from outside the church. It's true that the subtle forces of worldliness constantly creeps into the church. He says, during my years of ministry, our godless culture has normalized no-fault divorces, pervasive pornography, profanity, homosexuality, and most recently, transgenderism. So he writes, listeners, his point here is there have been many battles over his four decades of ministry and those battles will continue because the enemy is alive and active. Let's notate number three, listeners, for a healthy transition, older leaders need to pass the baton to courageous younger leaders who will carry on the fight of faith. Now, this is Moses recognized this in Deuteronomy 31, verse 2, that at this point, he was not able to lead Israel in the conquest of Canaan, both because of his age and because the Lord had told him that he would not be the one to do it. Now, listeners, every leader should be able to, quote, do the math, unquote, and see that he won't be around forever. Paul knew this, listeners. Paul knew that his, quote, outer man was decaying, unquote. 2 Corinthians 4, 16. And
and that the time of his departure had come. 2 Timothy 4, verse 6. Listeners, Peter recognized that, quote, the laying aside of his earthly dwelling was imminent, unquote. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 14. So listeners, older leaders should be ready to pass the baton to courageous younger leaders who will carry on God's work. Amen. Moses did not handpick Joshua, listeners. Rather, Moses asked God to appoint a leader to follow him. And God told him that Joshua was that man. Numbers 27, verses 15 through 23. Listeners, Joshua had served Moses from his youth. Numbers 11, verse 28. He had a shepherd's heart. Numbers 27, 17. Joshua had the great privilege, listeners, and responsibility of leading God's people into their long-promised inheritance. But listeners, Joshua was very different in gifts and style than Moses was. That's true of every leader of God's people, listeners. They all have different strengths and weaknesses. The church should not rally around one man or another as if he were the only one capable of leading. The Corinthians were doing that, listeners, with Paul, Apollos, Peter, and some sanctimonious claiming that they didn't follow any leader except Christ, 1 Corinthians 1, 12. But Paul asked rhetorically, 1 Corinthians 3, verses 5 through 7, when then is Apollos? And what is Paul? Servants through whom you believe, even as the Lord gave opportunity to each one. I planted, Apollos watered, but God was causing the growth, listeners. So then neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything. But it's God who causes the growth, listeners. But while different leaders, listeners, will have different strengths and gifts, all leaders need to courage to fight the good fight. And listeners, Moses charged Joshua, Deuteronomy 31 7, be strong and courageous, unquote. When he formally commissioned Joshua, Deuteronomy 31 23, he repeated, quote, be strong and courageous, unquote. When Joshua began his leadership, listeners, God challenged him four times to be strong and courageous. Joshua 1 6, 7, 9, and 18. Listeners to lead God's people, which includes confronting error and sin. Godly leaders need to feel God and desire to please Him more than anyone else. Amen. So thus, listeners, for a healthy transition, trust in the Lord and His presence, not in human leaders. Realize that there will be battles to fight, but with God's strength, we can overcome. 
older leaders must pass the baton to courageous younger leaders who will carry on the fight of faith. Amen. Finally, listeners, notate number four. For a healthy transition, God's leaders and people need to keep his word central and pass it on to their children. In verses 9 through 13, listeners, we learn that Moses wrote down, quote, this law, unquote, referring at least to Deuteronomy, and told the priest to read it to all Israel, including the women, the children, and aliens, every seven years when they gathered for the Feast of Booths. Listen, the objective there was in Deuteronomy 31, 12 through 13, quote, so that they may hear and learn and fear the Lord your God and be careful to observe all the words of this law. Their children who have not known will hear and learn to fear the Lord your God. As long as you live on the land, listeners, which you are about to cross, the Jordan to possess, unquote. Now, listeners, commentators point out that the priests were charged with teaching God's law, not just every seven years, stipulated here, but all the time. Malachi 2, 7, Nehemiah 8, verse 8. Now, listeners, the application for us is that God's word must be central to everything we believe. Teach and do as God's people. We are privileged to have the written word of God so widely available in all languages. Most of you own more Bibles and Bible study helps than the majority of the pastors around the world. However, listeners, we are charged with the important responsibility of teaching God's truth, especially the gospel, to our children. But do this, listeners. You must have genuine faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior. And then learn God's word so that you fear and obey him. Now, listeners, we've got to know kids learn more from your life than from your lectures. You can't impart to your kids what you yourself do not practice. Not just on Sundays, but throughout the week. Amen. In conclusion, listeners. The change of transitions can be difficult. Stanley R., the source unknown, wrote this, quote, The essence of human life is change, listeners. But for too many of us, change does not excite. It disturbs. If success is what we seek, we must make change a partner in our pursuit, unquote. And listeners, God knew that after Moses and Joshua, Israel would abandon the Lord for idols, causing him to forsake them. Deuteronomy 31, 16 through 18. The threat of apostasy is always present. The Bible predicts and warns, listeners. They warns us about widespread apostasy in the end times. 2 Thessalonians 3, 3 through 12 and 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. But listeners, it's not inevitable that we follow false teachers or defect from the faith. 
we can have a healthy transition if we trust the Lord and his presence and not in human leaders who will pass off the scene. Listeners, be ready to fight together in God's strength against the many schemes of the devil. When your leaders courageously stand for the truth and against error, stand with them, listeners, and keep God's word central. Live it and pass it down to your children. Amen. Now, listeners, in reflection, please notate these questions to ask yourself. What major transitions are you facing personally? Do these excite you or cause you anxiety? Discuss it with a good friend. Why are many pastors afraid to confront false teaching? What happens to a church when a pastor does not expose false teaching? What are some current issues, listeners, where leaders must be courageous? Which biblical truth, listeners, are worth fighting about? Which are matters to debate but not divide over? And what determines the difference? Ask yourself those questions. Listeners, what does your own healthy transition look like? What does it sound like, feel like, smell like, and taste like? And what does your healthy transition sense like? Are you paying attention? Amen. Our closing prayer is a prayer for times of change and transition. Lord Jesus, thank you for being faithful in our lives. Even though seasons of life will change, yet you, Lord, remain the same. Lord, as we enter times of transition and change, may we learn to trust you, Lord, by letting go of the old and embracing the new. Help us, Lord, not to lean on our own understanding, but to let you direct our paths. We look forward to growing in the new season, Lord. Continue to lead and direct us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And our closing poem is submitted by Ann Forshaw, and it reads, God's wonderful ways. God calls us all as children, and throughout our lives, he's there. Whatever grief or joy we have, he's always there to care. There may be times we question him, with something we don't understand. But he's always there to answer us with his love and guiding hand. If you ever feel you doubt him or have your faith put to test, just take a look around you and you'll know that you've been blessed. He fills my heart with many joys as all nature's beauty I see. And I am truly thankful for the love he has given me. So not only on Sunday, 
when we sing our songs of praise, must we remember to thank him for all his wonderful ways. Amen. Now, listeners, until next week, same time, same station, I am Francina Tate Hulrus, your hostess. been listening to Empowered Family Talk with your hostess, Francina Haldras. Be sure and join us next week and every week at this time for the program that brings you practical answers to the questions of the 21st century. For Empowered Family Talk, I'm Jack Bishop. Thank you for joining Francina Hallress on Empowered Family Talk. Tune in next week.